0: I want to share with you just a few words from Psalm 101, a psalm of King David where he talks about living a life of integrity. Remember, this is the same King David who um, had kind of that infamous affair with Bathsheba and the whole bath scene on the rooftop and the murderous thing with the husband and the baby. And So this is the guy we're talking about when we're talking about integrity in this psalm and when he had his quasi-come-to-Jesus moment and his understanding of integrity. So we're not talking about a man who lived a life with integrity his whole life, but he was a man who lived a life of integrity, fell short, and then reclaimed his integrity with God, which is something that many of us experience in our lives. So in Psalm 101, King David says this. He says, I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs... I will be careful to live a blameless life when you will come to help me. I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. Integrity is something that we live out, not only outside of our homes and the world around us, but it's something we live out in our homes as well, which is something we're going to talk about today. But as we begin this time of worship and as we begin this time of singing of our love and our worship and praise of our Lord God, I would ask you to think about what does integrity mean to you in your home, in your life? What does it mean to have integrity out in the world? Well, We are in our fourth week of our teaching series, Forgotten Virtues. And today we're going to be talking about the forgotten virtue of integrity. Integrity is something that is very important to me and a quick story. I learned about integrity when I was very young. I was probably eight years old, seven years old when, when I understood the trometer version of integrity as I went to a, a store and I found this little plastic fishing pole with a magnet on the bottom to a game that had come out. It was a fishing game where you put this little magnet down and the little fish opened its mouth as it went around the circle and you were supposed to get it out, but it was just a little fishing pole, and as I saw it on the ground, I picked it up, and I, and I played with it as we were grocery shopping, and I put it in my pocket before my mother saw it. And when she found me playing with it at home, she said, where did you get that, Tim? And I said, I don't know, I just found it. You know, that was the best excuse I could come up with. And, and after a little bit more persistence, as I'm crying to my mother, I, I stole it from the store. And uh, she said... It's not acceptable. And I cried the whole way back to the big store because we lived down 21 here, a couple of twenty miles or so. Little store was the village market, big store was Meijer. So we went all the way back to Meyer. and uh, I had to track down the store manager and here I was, this little boy, um, telling the store manager that I had stolen from the store and as I returned that little fishing pole apologized because I needed to learn the lesson of doing the right thing, even when no one was looking. And that lesson has stuck with me throughout my entire life. Um, And I'll never forget that lesson. It was a teachable moment, and I I honor my mom with that, and and that she taught that to me. And it was hard for me as a child, because I didn't like it. I didn't like learning the lesson, um, but I'll never forget it. And it molded and shaped me in many different ways and many different times in my life I've thought about that stupid little plastic fishing pole and would I willingly go back and give something back or change the way I act or respond? And so this morning as we we talk about integrity, we're going to dig into another psalm that King David writes, um, Psalm 15, and we're going to look at what does it mean to have a life of integrity. We're going to talk about some of the the values that we get by living a life of integrity and what it looks like today Um, and some of the issues we face as people living in our culture where we're more prone to see people living without integrity than we are to see people living with integrity. And so, let's take a moment and pray, and then we're going to take a moment to reflect. So, will you pray with me this morning? Holy God, we come before you with an attitude of worship. We seek to know you and to understand you more. God, there are so many stresses and pressures on us in this day and in this time. In our country, around our world, natural disasters political toxicity, cultural toxicity. So many issues that weigh on our hearts that sometimes we become so burdened that we don't know where to put our focus. So God, we try to set aside those things in these moments and in this time so that we can focus on what is most important. And that is on you, that we are your children and that you love us so much that you would send your Son to die for us. Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to come into this place to invade our hearts and lives so that we would be your people, Lord, that we would feel your presence to receive your peace, Lord. Use this time, the words, the music, and all that this experience can bring. Let it honor and glorify you through your Son. And it's in his name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Have you ever gone into a store and purchased something with cash, and, and the cashier accidentally gives you something back, gives you the wrong change back? It's happened to me quite a few times. Um, it's kind of a lost art. I remember when I was in elementary school, it used to it used to be taught how to count back cash. Um, it's not really taught anymore. But I was out a while back with a buddy eating, um, and went to uh, pay for our food and when our server brought me the change I realized that he had accidentally given me a ten dollar bill instead of a five dollar bill in the change and so I waved the waiter over and I showed him the receipt and and the the change and he took it and fixed it and then he told me how grateful he was um, because he had actually changed us out of his change because there was a line at the cash register Um, My friend looked at me and asked me why I did it. Why not keep the extra money? It was the waiter's mistake, after all. And my friend said that he would have just pocketed the money. And I looked at my buddy and I said, because it's the right thing to do. And he just shook his head and we got up and left. That was the end of the conversation. It truly is tragic in my mind that we live in a world that is more shocked by integrity than it is by a lack of integrity. People are more shocked by someone who does the right thing than they are by someone who doesn't do the right thing. Our modern media doesn't help the situation. You know, we can turn on the news... 24-7 24/7 nowadays and see stories of people with a lack of integrity you know it could be a, an athlete or a movie star or a news star even or, or and that everybody loves and respects and and then we find out that this person has a whole nother life that no one had even thought about and I just think about the last few years of my life and the people that I think of you know you think of Tiger Woods Larry Nasser Matt Mauer I mean the list can go on and on of all of these celebrities of, of people that we would have looked up to or we saw as as people of value in our society who had just had the these lack of integrity. And it could be a Christian leader as well. It doesn't have to be a, a, a someone else in our culture that, that's been leading a double life. I mean, I think recently of, of Bill Hybels and, and all that went on with Willow Creek and, and countless televangelists through the years who fell from, from glory, as it were. And it's not just leaders who are visible. In our in our culture, it could be a close friend, or a relative, even, or or someone that we thought we knew. They represented one thing, but they lived totally differently. Over and over again, it, it's it's a lack of integrity. So, what is integrity? Let's just start by defining it. Okay, so integrity is when your behaviors match your beliefs. Right? integrity is when your behaviors match your beliefs a life of integrity requires an integrated lifestyle and integrated integrity is is when what we say lines up with what we do this is this is common sense we, we know this it's when our private life matches up with with our public life integrity is when what we do is what we do when no one else is looking it's not to be confused with our reputation, right? It's not our reputation. A reputation is who other people think we are, right? Reputation is who people think we are. Integrity, or lack thereof, is who we really are. Integrity is who we really are. It's, when our be- it's what our behaviors and our beliefs are, whether they line up or not. Proverbs 11.3 says, Honesty guides good people, and dishonesty destroys treacherous people. And I I like the ESV version, that translation better, which says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And so this forgotten virtue of integrity, it's it's deeply important to me on a personal level. And I've already shared early in my upbringing how it's been ingrained in me I can't speak for any of you I can speak for myself personally when I pass on to the other side of eternity one thing that I wish to be said about me one thing that I wish above almost anything else that people say about me is that I will be known as a man who lived a life of integrity when I pass on to the other side of integrity that when I die, that people will say that my behavior is lined up with my beliefs. To get an idea of what integrity should look like today, we're going to turn to the Old Testament book of Psalms again, and we're going to go to chapter 15. As this, as this psalm, um, it, it captures what a life in, of integrity should look like, and it begins with King David asking a question. And he asks, who may worship in the Lord's sanctuary? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? That's where it begins. And God answers that question basically by saying, the person who has integrity. David asks, who can enter the sanctuary of God? And God says, the person who has integrity. But this is how, this is how David recounts it. Who, who may worship in the Lord's sanctuary? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? And this is the response. Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest, and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. See, King David is is, is quite clear. Those who live a life of integrity will stand firm forever. Everyone say, stand firm forever. Stand firm forever. Those who live a life of integrity will stand firm forever. So I want to share with you four benefits, as I see it, that are that are um, four benefits of living a life of integrity. And the, there are many other reasons why, many other benefits of living a life of integrity, but these four, for me, are the, the top four. And so the first, they're my favorite, the first favorite of mine is, is that you can walk closely with God. That is a benefit. David asked, Who may worship in the Lord's sanctuary? Who can worship in your sanctuary, O Lord? And David re- and God responds, Basically, those who have integrity. Integrity allows us to enjoy the presence of the Lord. The fellowship of the Lord. Communion with God. I want you to think about it this way. Let's imagine that a, there's a parent... Who has a kid? A person has a kid, okay? A person has a kid. That person teaches that kid their family value system, okay? That kid says, okay, I'm going to follow that value system. Maybe that kid steals something from a store, and that parent takes that kid to the store and makes them give it back, and teaches them a lesson, and it changes their life. Yes? You with me? That kid has adopted that family's value system, Yes? do you think that parent has a deeper relationship with that child because that child has adopted the same value system as that parent in contrast imagine a parent and a child who tries to teach the value system to a child and the child says no thanks that's not for me I'm gonna do my own thing I got my own values I'm gonna steal whatever I want And I'm going to play with this little fishing pole and magnet and do my own thing. No thanks, Ma. That parent is still going to love that child, right? It's a parent. They're going to love their child. Are they going to have as intimate of a relationship as they could have without the same value system? Ask anyone who has, ha- who has lived with an estranged relationship with a child or knows someone who has an estranged relationship with a child and the heartbreak that they live through, and you know the answer to that question. And it's the same, that, it's the same with us in our relationship with God. When we live according to His values we can walk with him and enjoy his presence daily moment by moment you see we when we live in life of integrity we get to walk in a closer relationship with god he loves us all yes but by living in that life of integrity we get to live in a closer communion a closer relationship he loves us all yes but it creates a deeper relationship number 2 The second benefit of having that life of integrity is you have a built-in guide. A built-in guide. A life of integrity gives you this guide. King David says, The integrity of the upright guides them in the psalm. The integrity of the upright guides them. And while we may believe that we live in a world of gray these days, most people say we don't live in a world of black and white. And that everything is just shades of gray. The reality is that when we live in a life of integrity, with our understanding that integrity is when your beliefs and your actions line up, there's no gray. Because you either live out what you believe or you don't. You either believe this or you don't. There's not a whole lot of gray when your actions align with your beliefs you may not understand something but you're either living out your beliefs or you're not something is either right to do in God's God's eyes or not now you may not fully understand what God is trying to tell you but that's a different conversation we either live out our beliefs or not our integrity guides us and so we have this built-in guide which is pretty fantastic Um, number three you have a constant peace in your heart you have a constant peace in your heart when we go to bed at night, we don't have to worry if someone's going to find out about us when we live a life of integrity. Maybe you haven't had to have this problem, but I know some people, myself included, I'll throw myself in the mix, who sometimes have had a mask that they've worn and they've feared that people might find out that they're not as perfect as they pretend to be. And they fear that maybe someone's going to find out that they're not as perfect. As they wish they were. Fear of getting caught, fear of being found out, fear of being discovered. But when we live a life of integrity and our beliefs and our actions align, we don't have to worry about that. And it gives us a peace in our hearts because we know we're living out our belief system because who we are on the outside matches who we are on the inside. Fourth, we gain trust, respect, honor, and influence in the world around us. Living a life of integrity helps us to gain trust, respect, honor, and influence. If you want great children, be a parent of integrity. If you want great, pause, grandchildren. If you want great grandchildren, that's a different conversation. If you want great, paws grandchildren, like I'm talking about, be a grandparent with integrity. If you want to be a great leader of your family, be a man of woman or woman of integrity. If you want to be a great leader in the business world, be a professional of integrity. If you want to be an influencer in the community, be a community leader of integrity. And if you do and when you do and you have integrity, people will follow you and they will honor you and they will listen to you and they will seek your wisdom and they will seek your advice because they see that you are a person of integrity, of genuine integrity, not because of the position you hold, but because they see the person that you are. The challenge is, is that so many people aren't so many people aren't you know the opposite of integrity is it's what most non-christians say about christians they say they're just a bunch of louder hypocrites Hypocrites, everybody they're just a bunch of Hypocrites. hypocrites the opposite of integrity is being hypocritical it's a hypocrisy in fact, the, in the Greek, the Greek word in, in the Bible that's translated into hypocrite literally means, get this, actor. Makes sense, doesn't it? To be a hypocrite, and it literally translates to be an actor. You remember, if you've ever read about Greek acting in, in the early um, first century in the Near East, actors, um, the male actors, would all wear these like little masks, like the masquerade ball, right? It's kind of like the depression commercials with the smiley face, frowny face that people put on. They cover their face with a mask. I'm not who I really am. It's who I'm pretending to be. And it's the same in our world today. I'm going to represent this one person, but it's not who I really am. And to be honest, I mean, if we're going to be honest, we all, all of us live in hypocrisy at some point in our lives. We don't necessarily mean to. Some of us intentionally live in hypocrisy. Some of us accidentally fall into hypocrisy. But at some point, we all lack integrity. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's what Paul said. At some point, we all lack integrity, and it's so hard to see in ourselves. It really is hard to see in ourselves. Will we justify it by our behaviors? We do that sometimes. And God hates that. In fact, when you look at Jesus in the Gospels, you will see that Jesus is harder on the hypocrites than he is on the adulterers and the, you know, the, the sinners, the, the murderers, the prostitutes, and he's harder on the hypocrites than he is on the hardcore, quasi hardcore sins in the Gospels. In Matthew 23, Jesus said, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, exclamation point. So he's like yelling, right? For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, exclamation point. First wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. In other words, you put on a good show. You put on a good face. You're playing church. That's what I used to call it when I was was younger playing church. You look religious. You look real good. You're all dudded up here. You look good. You're showing on the outside. Your cleanliness, you you, you look like you're clean on the outside, but your heart is filthy with sin. Jesus even calls them blind to their sins, blind to it. You don't even see it in yourself. You are blinded to your own hypocrisy. First clean the inside of the cup, and then the outside will become clean. See, integrity, Jesus is saying, integrity doesn't start from the outside in. Integrity starts from the inside out. It's so easy to put on a mask and play the game. To play church. To play the part of the faithful follower. But let me ask you that question that I asked you before. What's your integrity worth? What's your integrity worth? What's it worth to you? What do your actions say your integrity is worth? understand that our actions define the value of our integrity. I want to I say that again, and if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write that down, and if you remember nothing else from this morning, remember our actions define the value of our integrity. I'll give you an example. Let's say you lie on a resume to get a job. Your integrity is worth whatever that new job pays, the value of your integrity is $47,500 a year. I don't know. Whatever, the, whatever that job pays. Your integrity, it's like you took your integrity and said, I'm willing to trade my integrity for some perceived benefit. So I'm, I'm going to ask you again, what is your integrity worth to you? Some may say, you know, my, my integrity is worth a lot. You know, a multi-million dollar business deal? Yeah, I'd sell out my integrity for that. But if we're honest, if our actions truly do, truly do determine the value of our integrity, many of us would be forced to say it's not worth a whole lot. Maybe you're married or in a relationship and finances are tight, so when you go and buy an outfit, you hide it from your partner for a while and then you wear it a few months later and when your partner asks about your new outfit, you say, you know, I've had this for months. You're not lying, you've had it for months. But the value of your integrity is one outfit. I'm, I'll be honest, I've done that. I hide them in my trunk. I hid a bag of clothes in my trunk. From my wife, because I didn't want to tell her I bought some new jeans and a shirt. But I think they look nice. (laughs) We all have our vices. Nobody's perfect. And you may find this comical, but I want to be serious for just a moment. Because this goes more than just clothes. Maybe you embezzled something from your work. And I'm not talking about something big, I'm talking about something small, maybe something you would use at home. Maybe a pack of post-it notes, or a box of pens. Come on, we all do it. Or a ream of paper for your computer at home well then that's what your integrity is worth five dollars and ninety-five cents that's the value that your integrity or your actions place on your integrity as a person of faith when I was in basic training I remember one of the trainees who always got yelled at and did push-ups wasn't me honor grad thank you I remember one of these trainees, he, he questioned our T.I., our technical instructor, um, foolishly, why we had to fold our shirts in perfect squares. And um, as he was um, eating the dirt, um, our T.I. very nicely informed us. Um, if I can't trust you to fold your t-shirt in a perfect square, how can I trust you with a multi-million dollar aircraft? Another lesson I've never forgotten. Some things may seem small, but when our integrity is concerned, there's really no small breach of integrity. If you have integrity, it's all that really matters. If you don't have integrity, it's all that really matters. What do your actions say your integrity is worth? In the Old Testament book of Job, we find an interesting story about a man named Job. And if you were to ask him what his integrity is worth, he would have said, my integrity is worth everything, even my life. In the beginning of Job's story, there's this encounter between God and Satan, and Satan says to God, you know, you know the people, they don't really love you. They they don't love you at all. They're just they're just faithful because you do nice things for them. And, and God's like, "No, they're not faithful to me because I do nice things to them. There are those who truly love me." And and, the, and Satan says, "Well, name one." And he goes, "Well, have you considered my servant Job? My my servant Job, he's faithful. He truly loves me." And and Satan says, "Well, let me go and test him. And Satan says, okay, just don't kill him. Now, there's a whole sermon in that right there. But Satan does. Takes everything from Job. His wife goes to him and says, Job, just curse God and die. Just curse God and die. This is, your life is horrible. And, and Job says, no, I'm not going to do that. I have not done anything wrong. I am a man of integrity. I am going to keep that. His friends come to him and they said, listen, Job, you have to have done something wrong. Just admit you've done something wrong and that, you've, that you were responsible for this. Quit claiming that you're a person of integrity. And this is what Job says in in chapter 27. He says, I will defend my integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. Job says that my integrity is worth everything to me. You can take away everything else, but you cannot take away my right to choose God in every way that I live. That's what my integrity is worth to me. It's worth everything. Everything. What's your integrity worth to you? Because here's what it all boils down to. If you have integrity, it's really all that matters. And if you don't have integrity, it's really all that matters. So what do you do if you realize you don't have integrity? Because it happens all the time. What do you do when you recognize a lack of integrity in your life? If you don't know, I'll share with you a few pointers on where to start. First, you've got to get to know Jesus. And I don't mean from a distance. I mean truly get to know Him personally. Because we can never live a life of integrity on our own. The only way way we can is by getting to know him personally and allowing Christ to live within us through the presence of the Holy Spirit to lead us to do what is right. Get to know him. Start to live through him. The first thing to do is to get to know Jesus. Second, apologize and repent. To those you've misrepresent, misrepresented yourself to. Those who you have put on your masks to. Say, so you know what? For the last however many years, I, I've not been true. I've lived a lie. I've lived hypocrisy, if you want to throw that big word out there. I've not been myself. I've faked it with you. I've been playing someone else. I've been a play actor. Will you forgive me? Ask for forgiveness. And they may not trust you. And it may take a while, a long while, to rebuild or get any form of trust back in the relationship. But for the first time, you'll be living a life of integrity with that person. So the second thing is to apologize and repent. Third, just let it be yes or no. Start following Jesus' simple words, his basic words in Matthew 5, 37, where Jesus said, just simply say, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. If the answer is no, then say no. If the answer is yes, then say yes, and then do it. Do what you say you're going to do. Don't lead people on if you're not going to do something. Don't say yes if you can't do it because you want to be polite, because you do more harm than good. Live a life of integrity. Become a person of your word as Christ lives through you, and it's that simple. Let your behaviors line up with your beliefs, and more importantly, let them line up with God's beliefs, and when you do, you'll walk with God, you'll... You'll have a built-in guide, and you'll have a peace in your heart as you gain honor, trust, respect, and influence with the people around you. And that's where we start. And when you have integrity, that's all that really matters. And when you don't have integrity, don't fool yourself. I don't mean that to be rash. I don't mean that to be mean. But don't fool yourself if you don't have integrity. If you don't have integrity, you're not going to have a good marriage. If you don't have integrity, you're not going to be a good parent. If you don't have integrity, you're not going to be a good friend. And if you don't have integrity, you're not going to live the life of faith that Christ has called you to. It's tragic when people are more shocked by integrity than when they are by a lack of integrity. And as far as we are concerned... I will speak for us now. As far as we are concerned, we will not be that way. Because that's not who I perceive we are. We will live integrated lives under the Lordship of Christ. And our behaviors will be by the power of the Holy Spirit. They will line up with our beliefs. By God's word and with his help, we will become people of integrity. Let our beliefs and our actions align. Let us be those people of faith. Let us be those people in this community and in this world. That is my prayer for us this day. Let's pray. God, we ask that in your presence, your Holy Spirit would do a work in us that only you can do. Oh God, we thank you that your grace is greater than we could ever imagine. Lord, forgive us for our hypocrisy. Forgive us for every area in our lives where we lack integrity. Send your Holy Spirit to dwell in our hearts. God, lead us to the life of integrity, of godliness and righteousness that you call us to. Restore our relationships. Heal our brokenness. Make us, O God, people of integrity, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, that we pray and everyone said, Amen.